Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Hello, everybody. Dr. Stephen Green, the success doctor here. Back at you with another podcast episode. I have a special guest for you today. Somebody I think you're really going to enjoy listening to. Uh, as a rule, the goal of the Make the Grade podcast is always to try to give you, the listener, for yourself or your children, uh, any sort of actionable process, something you can listen to, take with you, start using to improve your school situation, your academic situation, your life in general. And I think this is going to be a big help for you today. So I'm going to introduce uh, Lynn Mervis. Lynn is a hypnotherapist and not just any hypnotherapist. She's a professional. She's a member of the National Guild of Hypnotists. She is board certified and she has some really interesting skills that she can teach people, <clears throat> excuse me, to help them manage stress, manage anxiety, handle day-to-day -day life problems. And from an educational focus, what my interest is in part is always something like relieving test anxiety or things like that. So welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to hearing what you can uh, present. So I guess the... Uh, First thing would be to ask you, how did you get involved in, in this hypnotherapy? Um, well, when my daughter was about 12, she started with daily chronic migraines, and they were 24-7, never went away, um, and it was pretty devastating as a parent to see a child that I couldn't help. You know, we always want to take our children's pain away from them, and we weren't finding any answers in mainstream medicine for her. Um, mm -hmm. So I started to try some other, what at the time I called alternative, and now I prefer to think of it as complementary options. Uh, and one of those was hypnosis. And um, she spent a lot of time with a hypnotist in the area who I'm still friends with, who also was the woman who um, I did my training with and was certified through. Um, her, and she just helped my daughter Melody so much getting through high school, which is very difficult when you've got something where you stand out from the crowd because the nature of the beast is that uh, teenagers don't want that. They want to be part of, not something separate. Mm -hmm. And she just really helped her with so much, including some tools to deal with the pain, but probably even more so helping her on an emotional level. Um, and, uh, and then after several years of uh, her helping her on and off as, as new challenges came up. Um, I finally said to her one day when she was, I heard she was going to have one of her certification classes, hey, is this something anybody can do? And she said, yeah. She says, come, you know, it'd be fun to have you there. So I, I went to the certification class um, mostly for fun. I just thought it would be really interesting to, to be a hypnotist. Um, and by the end of the first day of the class, I was, I just realized this is, what I'm supposed to be doing with the rest of my life. This is where I've been building up to this, up to that point all along. And so you realized um, it was your calling. It was my calling. It's I, I went down a lot of paths trying to find that calling and, and this one almost fell in my lap. So, hmm. um, so yes. Yeah. yeah I, well, I, you, you use the term complimentary and I, I, 
presume you mean to, to traditional medicine, right? Correct. Correct. You know, the normal yes. go to a doctor, get a pill, feel better right. mindset, which isn't usually a solution in education. And that's something I see a lot with people with attention issues. Right. But, um, I, 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 is it fair to say, in, even in 2019, um, that there are some preconceptions that people may have about hypnotherapy um, that, that maybe we can just dispel right from the get-go here? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you had me on video, I would show you my hypnotist face that people make when somebody says to them, well, have you tried a hypnotist? Or You can try to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like they look at me like, uh, oh, okay. Um, so, and then, of course, the jokes all start. You know, can you make me crack like a duck? Can you make mm -hmm. my husband pick up his laundry? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and fortunately, I have a good sense of humor. So I kind of let all that roll off because... Um, you know, it, it, when you get past all of that, it's actually a very, um, you know, it, it's a pretty powerful, um, tool that I teach to people and I, and I help people make profound changes in their lives, like profound changes. Mm -hmm. Some of them are, are simpler. Some of them are, are not. And, um, you know, so there's, when you start to understand how hypnosis works. So you're not, uh, you know, sitting there in a dark room with a, a watch, waving Correct. it back and forth, and <laughs> no. you're getting very yeah. sleepy, that like this sort of Svengali uh, yeah. kind of yep, yep. I could um, do that if I wanted to, but that nobody really does that anymore unless they're doing a stage show or something. So, so, so in your caseload, or maybe universally, what what are the most common situations where people would 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 be relieved get relief from a hypnotherapy? Well, um, the most common one that most people even that really have never thought about hypnot hypnosis but are familiar with is to stop smoking. Okay. Uh, just about everybody knows somebody who has used hypnosis to stop smoking, and maybe also for losing weight. Um, but I will say that the majority of my clients that I see fall under the stress uh, umbrella. And I say that because there's so many things It can go from somebody who comes into me who has been somebody that bites their nails down to the quick and they've done it since they were a kid and they find her like, this is just embarrassing. I need to stop to somebody who um, can't get into school. Uh, you know, I mean, I've had, I've had teenage clients that have come and uh, for different reasons aren't even able to get into school, which I can completely understand because I was there with my daughter. Um, so, you know, hmm. it can be from one, what, what's, what might seem trivial to some people. However, if they're coming to me because they want to stop biting their nails, it's, it, it's serious. It's not something I, I just pass off. Is as that, is that a, a tip of the iceberg thing? Like the biting of nails is a manifestation of a deeper rooted so it's, yeah it's a manifestation of it's a manifestation of habit more than anything mm -hmm. there is stress involved with it because when somebody who's let's say biting their nails they're the, the more stress they get the more they're going to start biting their nails but it, a lot of it comes from habit i mean it, it usually people start biting their nails when they're kids and there could have been something that happened in their school or at home or something that caused this to start happening, this physical manifestation of, again, it could be stress or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but 
as a hypnotist, I don't need to know that. And neither does the client. They don't need to know what started it. We just need to, by working in the subconscious mind, erase all of those old bad habits that are there. I mean, <coughs> pardon me, there's good habits and bad habits in our subconscious, but we want to erase the old habits and replace it with new healthier ways to handle the triggers that cause them to bite their nails, if that makes sense to you. So let, let's, let's talk about this from an academic uh, viewpoint, because the thing I see a lot, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, is, is test anxiety. And, and I see often in my caseload, in my tutoring, uh, I can be working with a student, and, and I know they know the material, maybe not a thousand you know, percent, mm-hmm. but they have a command of it. And, and they'll go home and they'll feel good about it. And then the next day or whatever, they'll go and take an exam and they just freeze up. That, that's mm-hmm. a word I hear or they, uh, something breaks down. And, and you know, I, I don't know how easy or if, I, I don't know what word to use. If, I don't know if this is easily treatable uh, or, or what, but, but how, how do you start with something like this? Is it an interview where you talk to people and you ask them, um, yes, what I do. triggers things or take me through sort of your process a little bit if you can. Okay. Well, I can actually give you an example. Somebody I had um, a few months ago, uh, she was, she is a, um, well, she'd be going into her senior year in high school okay. and she's going into the armed forces um, off the top of my head. I can't remember which branch, but she's going into the armed forces. So um, she, part of that is not just the physical testing that you have to do. You also have a, um, an actual cognitive test that you take and she took it the first time and did not pass it. And so she is one of these people. And this is, I'm sure you see this all the time. It's probably why you do see so many people is like you said, she, I knew she knew everything, but when it comes to test taking, she immediately, just she's just not a good test taker so this is something that she's been telling herself over and over and over again for as long as she can remember that she stinks at taking tests so she comes in for an interview and i I don't call it an interview i call it a consultation it's a free consultation i sit down with her and since she's under the age of 18 i always have a parent with me for the consultation they're not necessarily with me for the actual sessions Um, Mm -hmm. that follow, but they're with me for the consultation. However, my conversation is with the teenager because they're the ones that need to tell me their story. Um, And we go through, and she just tells, told me all these different things, just a lot of what I just said to you. Um, And they, then her mom decided, yes, this is something she'd be willing to um, do is again, as long as, and this is the other thing in the consultation, I need to see that 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 adolescent is there because they want to be there because they they have some belief that this is going to help them um, they don't need to have a hundred percent belief but they have to have some belief this is going to help them and they're there because they want to be there not because they're doing it to please their parent and so that's a huge thing that I that I kind of will wiggle out of the 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 potential client when they come in for a consultation. Um, so anyway, one of the things that had, that happened with her is that again, over and over and over again, she told herself over however many years that she stinks at taking tests. Well, after a while, 
our subconscious mind, hers obviously as well, starts to believe what it hears because our subconscious mind is very literal. Our conscious mind, which is our analytical mind or our critical mind, that's the mind that that your followers are listening to right now when they're listening to this recording. Mm-hmm. You're, able to, you're able to analyze what you're hearing me say. The subconscious mind is not able to do that. It's extremely literal. So if it hears enough times, I suck at taking tests, it's <laughs> going to believe it. And so anytime that, that a person goes to take a test who's been saying that to themselves, the minute they sit down and start taking that test, the subconscious mind is throwing out this message, hey, we stink at taking tests, so I'm going to cause you to sweat, or I'm going to cause you to feel nauseous, or I'm going to, I'm going to, there's going to be a physical manifestation to, to this response, because I don't want you to take that test, because you've been telling me for so long I, that we're bad at this, and if we're bad at it, it must be dangerous. So we're going to stop, we're not, we're going to do so, everything So it's, it's almost a defense mechanism. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so what happens with, when you're seeing students, you're seeing them on a conscious level, obviously, hopefully, um, and they are- <laughs> Most of the time, they're awake, yeah. yes. Yeah, and so um, they, you know, they are, they're saying all the things that are the right things to say, but their subconscious mind has already built up this limited belief system over it. And it, it's not something that can easily be overcome on a conscious level. It really needs to have work done on this subconscious level. So the, the therapy is going to have to work on that level, right? Correct. So when somebody is hypnotized, it's to, to kind of um, give people don't know what it feels like. And, and it makes some people fearful, makes people, a lot of people think that they're out of control, which is, it's actually the complete opposite. You're in complete control at all times. Um, what it feels like is exactly what it feels like at night when we go to bed. So we get comfortable in bed. We get a little bit sleepy. Some people get to, we all get to the point of where we're about to go into that REM sleep, into that deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not quite asleep all the way. You're just maybe a little bit in and out of a dreamlike state. You may find yourself kind of coming back out a little and turning over and onto the other side or something. Well, when our, when our bodies get to that same relax, that relaxed state, our conscious and subconscious minds know they have to switch places. And the reason for that is very shortly, your conscious mind is about to fall asleep with you. So something needs to come to the forefront to keep you alive and well while you're sleeping, keeping your heart beating, regulating your body temperature, all that kind of stuff. So the subconscious mind comes to the forefront, which is where all of these automated processes reside. And it takes care of us because our subconscious mind's highest purpose is to keep us alive and well. That is what it does. Mm -hmm. So that is what hypnosis feels like. So when somebody, when it's, so when they come into my office through speaking to them in a very gentle um, tone, the room is darkened down a little bit. I've got, you know, lights in there, but it's darkened down a little bit. Sometimes I use essential oils to help with the relaxation process, but the goal is to bring their body down to that same state of relaxation. They find right before they fall asleep. And then we are basically tricking the mind into thinking that, that they are going to fall asleep. However, they never get to that point. They stay in that nice, relaxed state. But the conscious and subconscious mind switch places. And now the subconscious mind's in the forefront. And it's wide open for the suggestions that I'm going to give during that ses- session. Like you, now, you are good at test taking or 
whatever. Well, y- yes, it's not, it's, it's not quite as simple as that. It's, it's for the very first part of the process is building up self-confidence again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a huge part of the first session or two. Um, it's all in, and, but yes, there is also that, that positive reinforcement through like mantra type of statements. Um, so and, you said before, um, that th- how much is the person an active participant versus I, I guess a passive participant and, and, and this is where you're saying they have to have some amount of buy-in, right? They have to be open to the process. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. They are, they're, they're both. So during a session, they're physically very passive. They're, I mean, if you were to see them, you would think that they're asleep. Um, they're, they look like they're asleep. They're very relaxed. Um, but their, their mind is working. Their subconscious mind is working. I'm asking them to use their imagination. Hypnosis is a big part of imagination and it's a big part of repetition. Um, and then relaxate and relaxation, all three of those things together. So their subconscious mind is working. It's listening to everything I'm saying. Um, and they may not consciously remember everything I say, but their subconscious mind does. It, it, it remembers every single thing I say. So then what happens is I record the meat of that session, which I don't do any more than 30 minutes. Usually it's 20, 25 minutes because I then need that the client to listen to that recording every single day until they see me the next week. And then I do another recording the next week. And again, it's repetition, repetition. Because it's a retraining process. Exactly. It took repetition for them to think that they stink at taking tests. So it's going to take repetition to change that thought process. So is it, is it, Important, critically important, somewhat important that you is the, the more clearly focused you are on what you're trying to improve. I'm trying to stay away from the word cure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is it easier to get a result as opposed to something broad? Like if you can narrow it down, hey, we're really trying to address this particular need. Uh, as opposed to just feeling better about yourself or just not being nervous or something like that. Is that helpful in in designing your therapy? Yes. Yes. It's, it's a, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. So I try, I I do work very hard at not putting people in a box because I'm actually asking them by using their subconscious mind, which is our creative mind, our, that's where all that is. Mm -hmm. I'm asking them not to be in a box not to keep themselves in the box that they've been in for however many years that they've had this limited belief going on. Um, so I don't want to approach it in a box as well, because oftentimes what happens is that as we start to go through these sessions, it's almost like an onion and we peel away a layer at a time or, you know, always, and a, good, always a good allegory. It, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and another example of that is again with this, uh, this same girl that, um, that was taking the test uh, to get into the armed forces. Um, at first it was, I stink at taking tests and we start, so we started working with that. And as we went along and then I'd have, I always have conversations with people before we start the hypnosis session, because usually there's some self-awareness that comes up. And when there is, that's like, like key, like it's success. Like it's somebody ringing a bell for me when I hear this self-awareness starting to pop up. And with her, after three sessions, she was like, you know, 
she says, I, did, I, I, I feel better about taking the test. I feel more confident. But the, 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 the recruiter that's got to drive me to Harrisburg, he keeps putting pressure on me that if I don't pass, he doesn't know what's going to happen. And so all of a sudden I started to discover that there wasn't just this fear of taking tests or her, her, her quote unquote thought that she did, did wasn't going to do well. It was mm -hmm. also this pressure that she was getting from this person. And, and here's where a little bit of talk, I am not, I am not, I want to stress this over and over again. I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I am not a licensed therapist in any way, shape or form. However, I, there is some talk therapy that happens. And as I was talking to her and she was telling me this, um, I very gently reminded her that they're, they're, these recruiters, you know, are there to make money. They're, they get bonuses for ever many they recruit. I said, they want people. They're going to find If you are interested in going into the armed forces, they're going to find a way to get you there. I said, mm -hmm. so do not let this pressure of him. You're not there to please him. You're there because this is your goal. You want to serve the country. You're not serving him. And I said, if he doesn't want to do it, then you'll find another recruiter that will. I saw it was almost I, it was almost like I could physically see this weight come off of her shoulders, like her shoulders all of a sudden just drooped down. They were up around her ears, and I just saw her body just relax when I said that to her. And so that wasn't just test taking. However, that's what she came in to me to begin with. It's like you address the first circumstance, and that exposes the second and you get that and it, it happens the same thing in in the tutoring piece yes 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 um for, for people who might be wondering this in in the uh in the subscriber world out there it, it, is this a month two months is there is there some amount of time that people might have an expectation that before they would see some kind of tangible improvement or, I'm sure um, it varies person to person, but it, to an extent it does. Yes, I most of my programs that I have for for all the different things are um, six sessions and ten sessions. So we kind of make that decision when they come in for the consultation whether six sessions will do it or they they feel between us talking about it whether they think ten sessions will do it. Um, mm -hmm. They sometimes will start at six sessions and then we'll just add on at the end as they need it. Um, so I would say for the most with teenagers, I like to start at six sessions because I, I want to see that these kids are going to do what they need to do. I want to make sure they're doing that practice at home as close to every day as possible. And I want to see that they're taking it seriously, you know. And the protocol is basically once a week. Yes. So it's, so it's a, a roughly a, a two-month program. Yes, yes. Now, with this young woman who went in the armed forces, she had – four weeks before she was going to schedule to take the test again. So okay. we, we squeezed a lot in, in those four weeks. I, we did more than I normally would have done. There's like I met crammed. her. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a rare, basically. a rare therapy cramming. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, I guess, exactly. I guess hey, here, here's a question for you, Lynn. Um, what's the, I, I can't think of a, sort of a scientific term, but how well does this stick? Um, is it, is it, do people relapse? Is this a hundred percent? I'm sure you, I'm sure you get great results, but is this something that people can expect is always going to now be their new normal or how does that work? Um, again, it really depends on the person. Um, I've had to stay with um, like, so smokers are, I get a lot of 
people that want to stop smoking. Yeah, it's probably an easier case study. Yeah, and that's only a three-week program because okay. even though I know that hypnosis is not magic, it's still what I see happens when people have been smoking for 40 years. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, and I always offer, please call me if you find yourself starting to think about smoking again or you find yourself you know, kind of falling back into the old pattern, I'd be mm -hmm. happy to do a quick little tune-up session with you. Usually that's all it takes is just kind of a reminder session. Um, and I make myself available and I rarely get call, calls back. I usually will follow up about a month afterwards. However, I don't follow up a year later or two years later because I, I just, just not, that wouldn't but, be but feasible. But I think that it, to me, from my, my feedback I get, it, it sticks most of the time. I will not say it's 100% of the time. It would be unethical of me. I even say this to people when they come in. I feel like I can really help you here, but I cannot guarantee that I will because that mm -hmm. would just not but do be they? Ethical. Do the people need to continue listening to the recordings or is there like a kind of a weaning off or is, no, is they it case by case? It's case by case. I always say to them, continue to listen to them because if for nothing else, half of a session is about relaxation. And if and that in itself is something we do not honor our bodies and our minds on a daily basis and take mm -hmm. even 10 minutes to just do some deep relaxation. And hypnosis does that for you. And it help, it kind of spreads its fingers out, just like stress and anxiety in one area of your life can spread its fingers out into the rest of your life and, and mm -hmm. cause problems. Hypnosis and relaxation on a daily basis can do the same thing in a positive way. So I always encourage people to continue listening. I will also you know, give them some ideas of some uh, hypnosis they can just download on their phone okay. from the internet with that. So I always encourage them to do that. Um, right. If somebody calls me though and says, Hey, I'm starting to slip again, or there's my first thing I will say to them, I will, I'm happy to make an appointment with you, but I want you to spend the next week listening to the recordings I sent you. And then call me again. If you still feel like you need to come in for an appointment. And most mm. of the time they do not need an appointment. Hmm. Yeah. I, I interviewed a, um, she actually is a psychologist, but she also does a lot of therapy with yoga and stretching and she calls it mental massage mm -hmm. <laughs> as opposed to meditating, I guess. Cause so many mm -hmm. people are just, you know, you're running from one thing to the next, to the next, and you get mm -hmm. 15 hour days. And uh, right. sometimes you just, it, the string gets, gets wound up and it never gets unwound. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other um, case studies or specific examples that you want to talk about a little bit? Yeah, um, there's another another example of a young man that came in, uh, 16 years old, um, and I just I do want to preface this that these examples I'm giving I never give examples out unless I've already got permission from the client to well, right. use them as yeah. an example. Okay, I don't I'm not, I don't although I'm not required by HIPAA because I'm just, hypnotists aren't. Um, I still. I still honor ethically, you know, that. So they give me permission to use the, the situation anonymously. Okay. Um, so anyway, he came in and um, with, he had had a couple years of really bad stomach issues and um, the parents had taken all kinds of doctors and all kinds of different things. And I really could relate to that because of my daughter and understood all that. Um, and he was, he basically came in for an aversion to school 
And again, as we chatted, not just at the consultation, but it, and as we went along in the different sessions and stuff, it became more and more clear that there was this fear he had based on things that had happened in the past, like, what if I'm in class and I can't get to the bathroom in time? Or what if I'm at school and I've got to call my mom up and make her come home from work to take me home? I feel bad doing that to her. So he was full of these negative what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. And so we slowly but surely started to change those what ifs around to, well, what if you don't? What if you can get through a whole day? Or what if you need to excuse yourself that your teachers know and you excuse yourself and go to the bathroom. So what if that isn't a problem? So that he started to live with positive what ifs instead of the negatives. And he hit the self-awareness. I was so proud of him. Like so proud. I told him you are light years beyond your contemporaries right now with your self-awareness. You're light years beyond adults that I know with your self-awareness. I said, this is going to take you far in, in life. And he started his own things that he would do at night that I didn't even suggest. Like laying, instead of laying in bed, again, thinking about those negative what ifs, he would say, tomorrow morning, I like the idea that I'm going to get up and go to school and be okay. So he was thinking hmm. positive things when he went to sleep at night, which is really important because what we're thinking before we go to sleep plays a part in what is happening in our subconscious mind all the way through, through the night. So it's like the positive affirmation. Of absolutely, it. absolutely. But he started to come up with his own affirmations, which I was so proud of him for doing that. Yeah. Like an incredible young man. And you know what? He was, as of the end of the school year, he was getting into school most of the days. He still, this, I mean, he had, has a medical condition, mm -hmm. but he still was getting in most days. And he was doing phenomenal, like phenomenal. I just was so proud of him. So um, we actually have two more sessions left in the program that we did. And um, he said to me, again, this was his choice and his mother, father went along with it. Um, you know, I'd like to, you have two sessions left. Do you mind if we save them and we do them right before school starts? You know, I think that would be more beneficial for me. So, you know, uh, at the end of August, we've got a couple sessions scheduled before he goes back mm. to school. So there's another, another, case sample if you will go ahead I, I just was so proud of him I just love to see this with teenagers I love working with teenagers who are serious about it because I feel like I'm giving them the opportunity to learn things beyond what they just came to me for that will take them all the way through college and getting their first job and all just all the stuff that happens as as adults you know, they've just got their, mm -hmm. they've got their finger on the pulse of what is going on in their, in their body, in their mind. Well, one of the things we share, uh, meaning, you know, me being in the education arena and you in, in this hypnotherapy arena is, is seeing people pr uh, begin at a point of struggle, mm -hmm. the degree of which probably doesn't even matter. The point is there's something that's challenging them. Mm -hmm. And their goal is to overcome that challenge. Yes. And they may not even know what that's going to mean. They may not even know what that's going to look like when it gets done. But it, it, what, what our role as, as mentors here is setting up a situation to guide them in, in attainable steps to small goal, small goal, small goal adds up to giant goal. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, on my end, that happens all the time in, in academics and, and in test prep and things like that. And it's, it, you know, just from the two case studies you've shared, you can see where that's going to happen mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, and I don't think I mentioned, Lynn is based in Pennsylvania, like, like I am. But uh, I, I would think you could probably uh, give some value to people all over. So Absolutely. Why don't you tell, share with the audience here how they could reach you? Um, what, what their first step would be if, if they felt that this is something that could be valuable for them or their children. Okay. Well, the first thing they could do is, um, and I always suggest this to people, even if they call me first, is to go to my website, okay. uh, which is www.yourintegratedhypnosis.com. And there's all kinds of information on there. There's information about my background. Um, I do want to point out Um, that in the United States, there is no licensing control over hypnotists. Anybody can hang a sign out and say they're a hypnotist and be able to get away with it and make money. Hmm. Um, So be very careful. Um, You know, consumer beware. You want to make sure the person is certified through um, a legitimate organization, um, which I am. I get recertified every year with them. I do continuing ed credits so that I'm always on top of things. Um, so, so anyway, so on the website, there's all that in background information. Uh, there's also information about how hypnosis works and um, some of the other um, types of hypnosis um, programs that I have. So that's a really good place to start. You can also call me. Uh, my phone number is 215 and um, we can chat on the phone, but um, I, what I do like to do is set up a consultation. Um, it's a free consultation, and I am not, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. I don't ever pressure anybody because I need people to be willing participants in this. Um, and if, if, they, if, if I push somebody into it that doesn't want to do it, that's not going to help anybody. So there's no obligation whatsoever from the consultation. And I also, at that consultation do my best to send the person away with at least one little tool that they can use a one small change they can make based on our conversation we had. So that at least they feel like they, the half hour, 45 minutes they spoke on the phone with me, they feel like they at least made a little bit of progress. They didn't waste their time with it. Um, is, there, is there anything you could share uh, kind of in closing here? Cause we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but with the audience, is something they could just do maybe, I don't know about daily, but maybe occasionally, like if they just started to, assuming the, the therapy could be a relaxation source, but is there anything you could just give people as a little tool? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Might be able to self, self, uh, self-monitor? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing I'll say is nothing happens in our body until it becomes a thought first. So the thought has to be, I'm hot. Okay, now the body's going to start to sweat. The thought is going to be, I'm happy today. You know what? The body's going to react to that. I'm, 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 I'm worried about my test today. The body's going to react to that. So what you're thinking comes to fruition. So it's very important to think about what you think in your mind silently, what you say to yourself silently. And also what you say out loud to other people and also what people are saying back to you. That's super important to think about, be aware of that and make the shifts. Instead of saying, 
oh, I'm trying to stop smoking. Well, the subconscious mind is very literal. So if you're saying, I'm trying to stop smoking, the word try means you haven't succeeded. So mm -hmm. your subconscious mind is going to basically, you know, sabotage that whole thing. So think about not using the word try. A better way of phrasing that would be, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do to be a non-smoker. So there's a big difference in that, that phrase as to I'm trying to stop smoking. So the you know, parallel in the academics might be, I'm going to try to get an A on my quiz versus I'm doing everything I can to be fully prepared exactly. to get an A on my quiz. Exactly. Exactly. And, and sometimes just that, that, I mean, it seems like trivial sounds almost like an insulting sort of word, but it is, is just that much of a, of a mind shift difference yep. powerful enough to, to manifest a change. All of our limited beliefs that we have from back in our childhood all come from us either saying something. Most of the time it starts from somebody else saying something to us. It could be our parents inadvertently saying something we didn't even, they didn't even think we're going to cause this, this thought process to go on. It could be an, another, it could be a friend, it could be a teacher, it could be a minister, it could be anything that something can be said. And if it's said a couple times, we start to believe it and that just kind of snowballs. So absolutely changing the languaging you're using about yourself or about a situation is going to make a difference. And you have every right to say to somebody else who is saying to you, this is ridiculous. You know your information. You can take a test. Come on. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Well, guess what? That is an entirely negative response to it because what's happening is they're talking rationally, rationally, a student knows if they know this stuff that they can take this test and pass it rationally. Right. They know this, but we're dealing with an emotion and emotions are not rational. So you can rationalize things to your heart's content, but emotionally we've got to get in there and we've got to replace that negative emotion with a positive one. All right. Well, let, let's do this. Um, is there anything else that you feel is important that, that we haven't talked about that you want to share with the listeners? Um, no, I think that that's, that that's good. Um, I just a kind of a, a really let quick me, thing. Let me, let me ask you one question here is mm -hmm. in my, in my world, mm -hmm. I spend most of my time working with students, mm -hmm. but uh, I find it's really important that that there's a shared goal at on the whole level so i'm here with a student in my office for an hour they're, they're going to go home they're going to be in their household mm -hmm. how, how important is it and we don't need to limit this to academics but that other people who play important roles in a person's life are going to support them in a process like this like if somebody wants to quit smoking and their spouse doesn't want to quit smoking Mm -hmm. You know, that probably is a challenge, right? Or, or if somebody's trying to lose weight and, and, and th their friends are all, you know, eating tons of right. bad food and stuff. So how important is kind of the large, like, like the academic thing would be, hey, I, I, we have a child that's trying to improve their test taking ability. Um, so we would like the supporting people, the family, the parents, mm -hmm. the siblings, maybe even the professionals, the teachers, counselors, how much do those people have to be on the same page or how much do they have to be aware of what's going on? I think that they need to, they, they, they do need to be aware of it. And this is one thing that I will talk to the parents 
Um, if I, and I do it gently and kindly. I mean, I'm a parent and I know that I have made plenty of mistakes in, in things <laughs> I've said. You know, we all do that. We do our best, but we all make mistakes. Um, is to, is I help them to rephrase some things that they may have been saying over and over and over again. Um, you know, if I could quickly use an example with my daughter with her migraines, um, one of the things, biggest things that the hypnotist that we worked with, the hypnotherapist we worked with, really helped her and helped the rest of the family in order to help her was when with her headaches, they would get worse with bad weather coming in. At the beginning, we would notice that, you know, a storm coming in or just a shift in the weather pattern or whatever. Hmm. So then it became it became a belief system for all of us that if there's a change in the weather, Melody's headaches are going to get really bad. So we're not going to make any plans during that. Or I'd feel this dread inside of me like, oh my God, I'm not going to get her to school for the next two days because this, her headaches are going to get worse because this bad weather pattern's coming in. Well, the hypnotist helped us to see that that is ridiculous. It doesn't mean that every time bad weather's coming in that she's going to have a headache, but her subconscious mind started to believe this because we, she said it, we said it, her grandparents said it, everybody would say, oh my goodness, Melody, how are you doing? We know that the weather's really bad. Are you okay? Are you okay? Her subconscious hmm. mind started to believe that every time weather changed, she was going to get a headache. Well, guess what? Again, starts as a thought and then becomes a mm -hmm. physical manifestation. And that's what happens. So she not only helped Melody make that correction within her own subconscious, she talked to me about it and said, you, you need to talk to your husband, to her grandparents, to her teacher she's close to, and, and help them to change that whole conversation around. And it was huge, huge. Now, she still does sometimes get headaches when the bad weather comes in, but not every time. Not every hmm. time. So, so I, I think that kind of answers your question for you. It is yeah. super important. And I work with the parents um, along with the teenager when it comes to that kind of um, situation. Well, this is great. So let me, um, I'm going to kind of wrap this up here. This has been the uh, Make the Great podcast. I want to thank Lynn Mervis, uh, certified hypnotherapist, officially certified. We've already discussed how important that is. Lynn, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for having uh, me. Yep. For more of the same, uh, you can find me at www.makethegrade.com. Net, M A K E T H E G R A D E. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, which is Make the Grade. Everything's Make the Grade. Instagram, such and such and such. Uh, Lynn's website is yourintegratedhypnosis.com. She had to get a nice short one, <laughs> make it easy to remember. Uh, the, uh, appreciate everybody out there listening and subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends and professional associates, and we will see you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.